Welcome to Torah Talk, a program that challenges 2,000 years of misunderstanding and neglect of the Torah, God's law. In this show, we will be threshing ideologies by examining these scriptures in their Hebraic contexts. Our goal is to separate the wheat from the chaff, the truth from misconception. This program is sponsored by The Harvest, a Messianic Charismatic Congregation in Thornton, Colorado. Pastor Mark. In this podcast, I'll be sharing on the Torah portion, Vayera, translated, He Appeared. In this parasha, God calls Abraham to sacrifice his son, his only son, his only son whom he loves. But this son is the son of promise. He's the promised child. And without him, the promises of God that he made to Abraham would never come to pass. This was a huge test for Father Abraham. More than that, this story would serve as a revelation to Israel of how God would secure her atonement and salvation. Rashi states, quote, In all future generations on the mountain of the Lord, Isaac's ashes shall be seen, heaped up and standing for atonement. Unquote. Rashi, th- this great Jewish mind, he points out that the story is really about atonement. This is amazing when you think about it. Genesis 22 is the type and shadow of how God will atone for our sins. So get ready. This show is going to rock you, I promise. Keep in mind that this is a midrash and is not to be construed as a doctrinal statement or theological treatise on the subject. I'm simply wrestling with the passages to better inform you as well as myself, and I reserve the right to change my mind on my ideas as I grow in the grace and knowledge of the Messiah. So let's pick up the reading. I'm going to read Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 18. And I'm going to read from the complete Tanakh, Hebrew Bible, translated into English and edited by esteemed translator and scholar, Rabbi A.J. Rosenberg. So let's work down through this passage. It's amazing. Genesis 22, verses 1 through 18, in light of when, where, and how God will atone for our sins. Verse 1, And it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. And he said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. And he said, Please take your son, your only one, whom you love. Yeah, Isaac. Now, I want to point out real quick, this is a type and shadow. It's really about God and his son. Abraham and Isaac are a type and shadow of God and his son. That's right, God has a son. It says that much in Proverbs chapter 30 and verse 4. This is one of the many passages that allude to the fact that God has a son. Let me read it, read it to you. This is also out of the complete Tanakh. Proverbs 30 verse 4. Who ascended to heaven and descended? Who gathered wind in his fists? Who wrapped the waters in a garment? Who established all the ends of the earth? What is his name and what is the name of his son, if you know? God has a son. What's his name? We know what his name is now. That's been revealed to us. It's Jesus. And the Hebrew word, the Hebrew name uh, by which we derive the English Jesus is, in fact, Yeshua. And Yeshua means, literally, God's salvation. You see, God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son. 
so that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. God so loved the world. He sent his son, his only son, his only son whom he loved. Just like the story of Abraham, this comes to pass on a much greater scale. He sends his only son, his only son whom he loved, to be an atoning sacrifice, just like Isaac, an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Now I'm going to talk about more of that in a moment. Let me go into the rest of the passage, Genesis 22, verse number one, the second part of it. Well, let me just read the whole thing. And he said, verse two, please take your son, your only one, whom you love, yea, Isaac, and go away to the land of Moriah. So where's the land of Moriah? Well, according to Rashi, the land of Moriah is in fact Jerusalem. Rashi goes on to point out that King Solomon orders his men to build the house of the Lord in Jerusalem on Mount Moriah. And he references 2 Chronicles chapter 3 and verse 1. And that's basically what it says. It's going to be on Mount Moriah, which is Jerusalem, where the temple is going to be built. So he says to Abraham, take your son and go away to the land of, of Moriah and bring him up there for a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I will tell you. One of the mountains, one of the mountains in the vicinity of what will become known as, of course, Jerusalem. Take note that it's Golgotha that Jesus is crucified on. And that's one of the mountains in the vicinity of the temple area of Jerusalem itself. This is where it all transpires. It's amazing when you connect all the dots. It's just, it's a revelation. This story, Genesis 22, is a huge revelation of how, when, and where God will atone for our sins. Let's read on, verses 3 through 6. And Abraham arose early in the morning and saddled his donkey. He took his two young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split wood for a burnt offering, and he arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place from afar. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey, and I and the lad will go yonder. We will prostrate ourselves and return to you. And Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering, and he placed it upon his son Isaac. And he took into his hand the fire and the knife, and they both went together. And Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and he said, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. And he said, Here are the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? You catch that? Where's the lamb for the sacrifice? Verse 8. And Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb. For the burnt offering, my son. And they both went together. Now, Rashi, he points out that God will provide for himself the lamb. In other words, he will see and choose for himself the lamb. He takes that from the Targum uh, Jonathan. And I just want to, you know, kind of add to that whole idea that, yes, God is the one who will for himself provide a lamb. He will provide himself, the lamb. Which lamb? Well, if this is about atonement, and it is, and we read that earlier in our opening statements, according to Rashi, 
This is going to be the sacrificial lamb that, that brings about the atonement for our sins. Yeah, Isaac and the ram are the type and shadows of what's coming later, God's lamb. It's, it's John the Baptist, Yochanan the Immerser, who says when he sees Yeshua, he points at him, and, and to his disciples, pointing at Yeshua, he says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Yes, Yeshua is that Lamb. It's the Lamb that Abraham's telling Isaac, you know, God himself will provide a Lamb, and God will. Now, they didn't know when he would do that, but they, Abraham knew that God would. That's the point. Let's pick up the story and continue to read verse 9 through 13. And they came to the place where God had spoken to him, and Abraham built the altar there and arranged the wood, and he bound Isaac his son and placed him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. And an angel of God called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. And he said, Do not stretch forth your hand to the lad, nor do the slightest thing to him. For now I know that you are a God-fearing man, and you do not withhold your son, your only one, from me. Verse 13, very important passage here. And Abraham lifted up his eyes. Abraham lifted up his eyes. This is a, a powerful phrase. Um, you know, uh, the, one of the ideas behind this is that um, when in the ancient world, when with this reference of lifting your eyes, um, in some instances was a reference to receiving a vision. Um, I, oftentimes you'll see this even with, with smaller kids, of course, when you ask them a question, uh, sometimes in, 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 in pondering about the question, they, they look up, you know, we, we even do that. We'll look up and think for a moment, but our eyes are kind of like lifted up. This is, this is perhaps um, something that is implied here that Abraham's receiving a vision. We'll get down to this in a moment, but let me just let me just read this uh, uh, the verse thirteen again. Abraham lifted up his eyes, and he saw, and lo, there was a ram, and after that it was caught in a tree by its horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. Now, some translations, the way they translate it, uh, they have Abraham lifting his eyes and, and, and in lifting his eyes and seeing, then something happens behind him. And behind him is a ram that's caught in a thicket. And it's the ram in the thicket that Abraham hears and turns and sees and then realizes that it can be the substitution um, for Isaac. Rather than Isaac being sacrificed, the ram would. But the point is, is that Abraham lifts his eyes and sees something and then later turns to the ram in the thicket. So that's important as we build this story. So uh, and when we when we look at this issue of uh, the ram, uh, it's interesting that it's it's in reference to a substitutionary atonement. In fact, the JPS Torah commentary edited by Sarna, has as the heading of this verse, verse 3, quote, the substitution of a ram. Now we're talking about a sacrifice. And so Sarna points out this is the substitution of a ram. In other words, the ram is a substitutionary sacrifice. It is um, as an offering 
in place of Isaac, quote-unquote, according to Sarna. So this is the concept of substitutionary atonement. The theological context of this passage and this story is, is atonement. It, it's about atoning for our sins. And in this case, it's a substitutionary atonement. In other words, God didn't provide a lamb, but there was a ram. The ram took the place of Isaac because the lamb that God will bring about later will actually be the substitutory atonement for all of our sins. We'll pick this up in just a few moments, but let's read verse 14. And Abraham named that place, the Lord will see, as it is said to this day, on the mountain, the Lord will be seen. Catch that? The Lord will be seen. Future tense in, 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 in the fact that it's later. It's not only here and now, but it's in future generations that the Lord will be seen. Rashi says this, The Lord will see. Its simple meaning is as the Targum renders. The Lord will choose, see for himself this place, to cause his divine presence to rest therein, and for offering sacrifices here. Now, he goes on to say, as it said to this day, that future generations will say about it, on this mountain, the Holy One, blessed be he, appears to his people. And not, not so, so if you catch this, it says, on the mountain of the Lord, the Lord will be seen. And Rashi says, in future generations, they will see God here. They're going to see God in Jerusalem. God will appear to his people in Jerusalem. <laughs> that is like, that is like I, I just love that. Rashi goes on to say, to this day, the future days, like the words until this day that appear throughout the scripture, for all future generations who read this verse will refer until this day, quote unquote, to the day in which they are living. The Midrash Agada, Genesis Rabbah 56.9, explains this. The Lord will see this binding, the binding of Isaac, the Lord will see this binding to forgive Israel every year and to save them from retribution in order that it will be said on this day in all future generations. On the mountain of the Lord, Isaac's ashes shall be seen heaped up and standing for atonement. So Rashi makes the point that this substitutionary atonement will be the atonement for their sins, speaking of Israel, year after year after year. Now, I want to I just say this. I think Rashi's right in that this is a substitutionary atonement. But it's a type and shadow. It's, it's not the, the very atonement that will accomplish that, but it's a type and shadow of the one that will. In other words, God's going to provide a lamb. He did not provide a lamb. It was a ram in the thicket. The lamb will come later, and it's the lamb of God, God's lamb, that's going to provide that atonement. We know this because Yeshua, the, the son of God, his only son, his son that he loved, he is referred to as the Lamb of God. He's the one that came to die for us and provide for us an eternal atonement for our sins. It's amazing in every way. Yeshua said this to his own Jewish contemporaries 
in John chapter 8 and verse 56. He says, Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Now, I want to take this word see in the Greek and uh, saw. It's very, very important to uh, kind of break this down. So the Greek word here means to perceive with outward senses, particularly with physical sight, or to perceive with the mind via a vision or dream. Think about that. Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Did he see it literally with his physical sight? No, of course not. Did he perceive it with his mind? Was he given a vision or a dream? This is where it says in the Hebrew in Genesis 22 that we translate into English that Abraham lifted his eyes and saw. This is the only place where you're going to find this connection so, so clearly where Jesus says, Abraham saw my day and rejoiced or uh, rejoiced to see my day and saw it. This is, this is where that connects. It's Genesis 22. Abraham lifts his eyes and he, he saw something. What did he see? He had a vision, a dream of Yeshua on the Mount of God making atonement for his people. This is what is being alluded to. And you can connect the passages and see this to be true. In fact, the Hebrew word for see is much like the Greek word. It means to be seen or to reveal oneself, to be seen to cause, to see, to be made, to see, or to be shown. So when did Abraham see Yeshua's day? When was he shown that day, right? When was he caused to see it? It would have been right here, right in this passage, right in this story. Where and when, quote-unquote, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw. So, let me give you two other translations of Genesis 22 and this particular passage. The first one is from the Tanakh, and this is going to be the JPS translation of the Tanakh. It says this, And Abraham named that site Adonayira, whence the present saying, On the mount of the Lord there is vision. Now, now, why why does the JPS translate it this way? Because they're focused on the phrase, Abraham lifted his eyes and he saw something. <laughs> In other words, he had a vision. That's why they translated on the mountain of the Lord, there is vision. And this is where Yeshua is saying, Abraham, he wanted to see my day and he did. And he saw it and was glad. The next translation is the Humash stone edition. Let me just read it for you. And Abraham called the name of that site Hashem Yaira, as it is said to this day, on the mountain, Hashem will be seen. Who's going to be seen on the mountain? Hashem will be seen. The Lord will be seen. Now, this is really powerful when you think about it. Jesus, he is, in fact, the Lamb of God. He is, in fact, Emmanuel. He is God with us. We're going to get down to this in a moment, but let me just state it clearly. He was seen in Jerusalem over and over and over. Just like this is prophesying that Hashem will be seen in where? Jerusalem. This all transpired. It's all connected. It's all fulfilled in Yeshua the Messiah. So let me let me just 
you know, I'm, I'm out of time, but I want to, I want to just make some remarks in my conclusion and application. Abraham's intended sacrifice of his son, his only son, his only son whom he loved. It is a type and shadow of substitutionary atonement. This is very clear in the commentaries. Rashi brings this out in a beautiful way. God will later, if you note in the passage, God will later provide a special lamb. He did not provide a lamb, his lamb, in the story. It was a ram that was provided. So the lamb of God's going to come later, his lamb. And that lamb would be the ultimate substitutionary atonement. The lamb was and remains his son, Yeshua, his only son, his only son whom he loves. That's right. Yeshua's death on the cross was and remains God's offer of substitutionary atonement for our sins. For God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Yeshua is Emmanuel. They called him that. It was prophesied that he would be called Emmanuel, God with us. And he was seen. Who? Emmanuel. Who's that God? God with us. God was seen over and over again on the mountains of Jerusalem. This is where Jesus spent much of his ministry in and around Jerusalem. He was crucified on one of those mountains. On one of the mountains in Jerusalem is where he was, in fact, crucified. Golgotha, right outside of the temple area. And as a result, we can now be saved Abraham saw this on Mount Moriah, and his story in Genesis 22 reveals these ideas. Isn't it time that you put your trust in God's atonement, in Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, the Lamb of God, who came and died in our place, sacrificed his own life as an atonement for our sins, so that we could be forgiven and saved. Brothers, sisters, I I just say, fall on your knees. What are you waiting for? Fall on your knees and confess Yeshua as your Lord and Savior, and God will save you. This is what the story was pointing forward to. This is his promise throughout the Bible. Well, that concludes our program for this week. A special thanks to our great King, Yeshua the Messiah, and to you, our listeners and supporters, for making this podcast possible through your prayers and financial giving. Thank you. Know that in your prayers and giving, you're partnering with us as we advance the kingdom of Messiah in Israel, the U.S., and throughout the world. We are one of the few Torah podcasts that teaches Torah from a Messianic Jewish perspective. Go to iTunes and search Torah Talk dash the harvest. We are the Messianic one. Subscribe now, pray with us, give financially, and share the vision and power of this podcast with everyone you know. If you have time, check out all of our social media at graftedin.com. That's G R A F T E D I N.com. Baruch Hashem. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm your host, Pastor Mark, and until our next show, 
May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Prince of Peace, Yeshua the Messiah. Shalom. Torah Talk has been brought to you by The Harvest, a Messianic Charismatic Congregation located at 8891 Hose Boulevard in Thornton, Colorado. Your host has been Pastor Mark McClellan. Join us for Sabbath services at 1 p.m. next Saturday afternoon. For more information, please call us at 303-761-9948 or visit our website at www.graftedin.com. God bless you and shalom.